Welcome to another After Hours podcast. I'm here, Cheryl Ackeson, with my stellar investigative producer, David Bernkoff. Good to be back. Yes, it is. We're making this a habit. We're going to talk today about 5G and safety concerns that have been rumored and discussed surrounding this new technology that's being rolled out right now, David. Is that correct, across the country? Yeah, slowly. More slowly, I think, than the cell phone companies initially wanted it to roll out. It's being rolled out uh, around large venues, so you'll see, you might see 5G technology at a baseball stadium, for instance, but a block away, you don't have it anymore. And 5G, to clarify, we, we did for a story we reported for full measure, is the fifth generation of technology for smartphones, I guess, is described to me that will make it work better and faster and allow more devices to be hooked in and allow it to connect to the Internet of Things, which is a whole nother story. It's great for gamers because it allows more people to join in games simultaneously, real time. So you can stay home now in your basement and do like hours and hours more gaming than you already do. I can? (laughs) Yeah, you. (laughs) But the question came up that there were a lot of rumors about safety risks and some protests, and you could see this sort of in the alternative press. Without knowing what we would find out, we set to learn, is there anything to it? And as turns out to often be the case, things that kind of sound crazy on their face, you know, certain health risks, when you dig into it, sometimes they turn out to be true. So David was beginning to research this, and he came up with really... Uh, one of the preeminent scientists in the field of EMF, or this type of radiation that comes from electronic devices and mobile phones, and he found Dr. Martin Paul. And basically, what did you... You were surprised, too, by the studies that supported his work. Right. You know, he's been out there as, I won't say a lone voice, because you come upon scientists and researchers all over the world who are concerned about... EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, and 5G making those issues even more prominent. They are certainly a minority of people who study this, but they're not non-existent. They exist all over. And I think one of the things that surprised me was how widespread around the entire developed world this concern is. This is not just uh, a professor here and there and, you know, one person writing letters to the editor, there, when you start digging into this, you find there are protests all over the world. People are going to city council meetings suggesting that their communities should not be approving 5G uh, towers uh, or uh, 5G uh, broadcasting systems. It's kind of a complicated thing because it actually doesn't broadcast as far as the 4G, so you need more of the individual 5G units, but they allegedly broadcast at a lower frequency. Okay, so. okay, to yeah. arcane. Okay. <laughs> but the point is, according People to... People are upset. Yes, and according to Paul, and actually a couple of dozen of peer-reviewed published scientific studies we found, and according to some national government scientific organizations, there is reason for concern This type of energy has been linked to cancer, particularly leukemia in children. It's been linked to chronic illnesses, the things we always complain we suffer about every day, like headache and fatigue, and reproductive disorders. So we dug into it to look at the studies, see what was there. 
And really, there, I will say there is something to it. The question seems to be, are the rates that people are worried about, the, the exposure that we get, enough to cause these problems? And right now, the government's position here in the United States officially and the wireless industry is they don't think these exposures that are currently that we're currently getting or we'll get with 5G are anything to worry about. That's where the differences of opinion come in. And again, all around the world, certainly in the Western world, similar discussions with their regulators who have generally approved of 5G and said there's no evidence of any significant extra health concern from significant 5G. Significant extra well, health concern. Right. That, that's kind of the issue. And we found... Interestingly, looking back at hearings that were held here in Congress, and you see it in the piece, there's a discussion between one of the senators and the representatives of the wireless industry about what do the studies show and have you done any new studies specifically on 5G safety? As the government asked them to do. The government asked the wireless industry to gather some new evidence. I don't know why the industry should be doing it. I would like to see personally independent studies, not industry-funded studies. But anyway, they were asked to provide some evidence, and then we asked, or they were asked under oath, had they done so since this was question was asked maybe coming up on nine months ago, and the answer was? No. Yeah. The answer was no, and the senator who asked the question was left kind of staring at this panel of wireless people going, so... You're just telling us we're flying blind, and there was silence. Now, we did interview a representative of the wireless industry for our story, and his answer was, we'll do whatever the government asks us to do, and we'll follow their instructions, which, again, is probably accurate, but doesn't get you any closer to a study. And so what are the specific reasons for the problems? You can hear, if you want to watch the story we're referring to, it's up at fullmeasure.news about 5G if you want to watch that too. But Dr. Paul, who's an expert in this area, explained about how he's an expert not just in physics but also in the biological sciences where he says that's why he understands how these things work together, that this stuff gets in every cell in your body and impacts things in ways every day in a chronic way that we may not recognize you know, in a snapshot of time, it's something that you look back at over a period of years or decades and you understand is being done at a societal level, supposedly. So I don't know. I wanted to ask you, David, because we would have done this story however it turned out. I was fully prepared to look at the science and find that there wasn't any or that this was sort of fringe stuff with no real scientific support. And I was surprised at the level of scientific support and some government bodies that agree with some of these health risks about that the people don't really talk about with our cell phones. What did you think? Yes, I think what was maybe surprising, interesting, and hopefully we get at it in the story in a comprehensive way is, for instance, our main expert in this piece, Dr. Professor Paul, a uh, longtime professor, now Professor Emeritus at Washington State University, uh, he is clearly a minority voice. But it is not, as I said before, this is not just one guy uh, off on his own. There well, is, and he's not basing it on crackpot science. He's right. looking at real science. Right. And so the question remains to me somewhat unanswered because the studies are not conclusive and they're not comprehensive. Uh, 
you know, some people talk about reproductive issues, damage to, you know, at that cellular level, and I haven't seen any proof of that. I haven't even seen any studies about that particular thing. Okay, he pointed, we didn't get into this in the story, but he pointed to, um, when we talked about it, that there are studies that show about population rates and certain things that are, you know, maybe people would attribute to other things. He does say there's some evidence of this already happening, you know. Right. I think one of the things that was most interesting in that interview was the sense that maybe sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing, like does it cause brain cancer? Uh, And he even said this is maybe the wrong question. Maybe what it causes is, as he explains it, the kind of anxiety, depression, concentration, headaches, lesser but more common things that seem to uh, affect people. So I thought one of the most surprising things was when when you introduced him to me for the story, I think you were the one who told me first, he doesn't use, talk on, carry, get near a cell phone. Like, he just doesn't. So I started thinking, how does this guy communicate? When you set up the interview, did you, I guess he talked to you on hard a... Hardline, yeah. Hardline hard at his house. And then he also doesn't use anything but a wired computer, and he has a cover of some kind over his screen to, to minimize the radiation that comes from his screen. So while we were talking in the interview, I think he brought up that you can wear fabric, and it turns out I Googled this. You, you might Google it. It's pretty fascinating. Fabric that resists EMF, which people in my industry, a cameraman has even invented some special hats and things because cameramen are exposed to this. Very interesting. But I said to him, well, do you wear this stuff? And he unbuttoned his shirt right there. I kind of asked him to. And, yes, under his normal shirt, he had on these, you know, this fabric made of metal fibers that helps resist the penetration of EMF. Were you surprised that he was wearing that? I was surprised at that. (laughs) I had never seen anyone actually wear that before. I'd never heard of it. It reminded me of the brother character in Better Call Saul, who is protecting himself with material like that and other things from EMF because he believes he is particularly sensitive to it. And it sounds so, not having looked at the studies, all that stuff sounds crazy. And then in the end, a part of you, after you look at the studies and talk to him, you go, okay, so these people are going to be the only ones left, like left unharmed in the end. One thing that we did not get into in the story at all, but that you found, and then we were all reading about it, is this uh, investigation that the Chicago Tribune did just the other week which found that many, many of the new phones from Apple and from Samsung are emitting more radiation than the FCC restrictions actually state. So this isn't even a question of what happens because of that. This is just a discovery that what they've said about the limited amount of radio, uh, radio radio waves that are coming out of these phones is not true, and they're producing more than they are supposed to. So the Tribune is very careful to say, we're not saying that this is causing health issues, but we are saying that it is a violation of the FCC regulations, and of course now there's been a lawsuit filed, a class action lawsuit against those manufacturers. You know, there are two kinds of exposure supposedly to be concerned about. One of them, they always have warned, they've actually always warned about both things. If you ever read the warning label that came with a phone, which I did years ago, it'll scare you to death. It said, at the time, it said things like not for use by children under age 12, don't use it in your car. I'm like, don't use your phone in your car because somehow that is a worse exposure. But there is sort of the contact heat radiation problem when it's actually pressed against your face. That's one thing. 
But this radiation issue is separate from that, not just the contact heat. It's just that you're in the vicinity of your head and your body and your organs and your cells of this radiation that's being emitted. It's also true that that fear of the phone against the side of your head is a little has been lessened recently because so few people use their phones to make phone calls anymore, especially young people. True. They, the idea of the person walking around with a phone stuck to their head, now you're using Bluetooth. Well, maybe that's a different kind of Bluetooth frequency. Is, apparently has its own issues. Right. But most people are now texting or watching videos or reading something, so the phone is not pressed against their head as much as it used to be. So as we wrap this up... Again, you can watch the story if you want to know more about this at fullmeasure.news. We just tried to give you some behind-the-scenes reflections here. But as we wrap it up, knowing what I know now, this is kind of sad. I didn't really change any of my practices, even though I learn more about and I believe there are potential health risks. I always tried not to keep it near my head very often, you know, for very long. But I can't see myself, sadly, stopping using the phone and stopping me being near it, and I use it in my car. What about you? Same thing, and I guess we all make these decisions about a million different things on a daily basis. You know, you can have a car accident, but most people don't reduce the amount of driving they do out of fear of a car accident. You just accept that there's some minimal risk that you can defeat somehow. <laughs> it's not going to be you that... And it's not today. Like, you don't notice it today, right. so you can kind of just say, you know, whatever. Well, I hope you got something out of this and enjoyed listening. I hope people are listening using hardline computers yes. and not with a <laughs> cell phone up to their ear. Exactly. Um, but sub- Just kidding. Yeah. You can subscribe to our podcast, Full Measure After Hours, on pretty much any platform now. And share this with your friends. Leave your comments at CherylAckison.com. And um, hope you'll be here next week. We'll have more. Do your own research. Make up your own mind and think for yourself.